I'm not into podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Not A Pundit podcast. I am Kinnigan Ginnity and I'm delighted to be joined as ever by Connor Glennon. How are you going, man? How are you getting on? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Um, I have been amazed by the phoenix rising from the ashes that has been Sean Dyche's Everton. Um, It's like when the going gets tough, the Dyche gets going. Um... 10 points deducted, and they just seem to have hit a brand new level. Um, I can't be the only one that's been amazed by this. Absolutely not, no. It's, it seems to be, it's, it's really clicking for them over there, and it's 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 good to see, you know, in the, in, in the wake of what's going on there with the, the points reduction or deduction, should I, should I say. It's 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 really great to see, and I, look, I mean, I don't want to be that Monday morning quarterback, but I think it was, it was definitely one of those ones where you know, you look at the you look at someone like Sean Dyche, and I think he's someone that likes to be under siege at all times. You know, oh, one hundred percent. Like, um, it was around the seventeenth of November that they got the points deduction, which for those that have missed have been had had their head in the sand um for the past couple of months. Um, they had a basically a financial fair play breach, and off the back of that, they got a ten point deduction which one would fear for the existence of Man City, considering they have 115 of them. But since yeah, then... Yeah, well, I mean, they're going to be dwindling in the championship at this point. <laughs> but since then, on the 17th, uh, they were lost 3-0 to Man United, beat Nottingham Forest 1-0, beat Newcastle 3-0, and beat Chelsea 2-0. Like, that's unbelievable. Just when you think that they should be kind of down and out... As, like regarding themselves as relegated, nominated, or whatever, they just have kicked it up a gear. And Dice seems to have really gotten the best out of Decore. Even um, is it Dwight McNeil scoring now? It's just it's actually. I think this this season actually forever needs to be studied because if they manage to pull this off, this would be the greatest survival since. Probably Sunderland under Gus Poyet, or Eddie Howe at, at at Bournemouth when they had when they had their issues. But I mean, you look at Everton and, and you know everyone's going, oh, you know, Deserby's doing an amazing job with, with Brighton in eighth. Had the, this deduction not happened, like Everton are in ninth or tenth, which is unbelievable, you know. And I can one thing I've, I've been meaning to ask you this. If you're a Deich, would you rather go into the season? Like, you know when you go into administration, say, before the season, you go into mm. it, you're like 17 points deducted, you're starting minus 17. Would you rather start from minus 17 or, say, in this example, they're 10 points? In November, they found out. So they've kind of had a chance to attack the league, and then, it's yeah, it's a bit of a hit going, oh, Jesus, we're back down the bottom. Or So would you would you take a in-season or pre-season if you had to take the deduction? I would take it in season. I think preseason. I'm the um, same. Yeah, I think preseason will give you like a bad air around the club. Plus, it would change who you could sign. Because I think Absolutely. a lot of would go. Do you know what? No, they're already relegation follower. Whereas now they were doing pretty good. Uh, I I think they were mid table form up until this, and um, 
now it's it's like they've got a new hire because it's like that new fresh impetus to kind of going we have to prove ourselves here like let's get going oh it's them it's them again it's them against the world going like i mean there's no bigger motivation for players to be icons or or cold heroes in situations Mm. like this and the other if you look at it from a sheer finance point of view all of them that don't have release clauses in their contract for relegation know if they go down their wages are getting 50 percent capped and like at best they're, they're probably getting 50 percent of their old wages so between that the two of those things and having sean dyche in there i i really they keep playing ball like this they will not struggle no and like if you look at um they're like Dyche's record now for this season with them. What, 16 games, seven wins, two draws, and seven losses? It's not good, but god damn, it's not bad. But when you look at the spread for, for Everton this year, so it's like they're scoring 1.25 goals a game, they're conceding 1.25 goals a game. Not great. Points, points average of 1.44. But then you look at them last year and their goals scored are 0.89, uh, conceded 1.5, and average points per game is 0.95. So they're compared to last year, they're in a much better position. It seems like things are working. Yeah, we could just be getting built, buying into the hype of, of a good momentum run, but I really think they're they're positioned well. And you know, if there's one thing in sports that can change everything, it's momentum. Oh, 100%. And like when you look at who they have coming up, like, let's not forget their EFL Cup run is, has given them something to really, like, be positive about. So they have Burnley next in the league, the quarterfinal for the EFL Cup. Then they have Tottenham City Wolves. And that brings them to the end of the year, and then they get, like, a two-week break. So so Burnley, that's a, that's a six-pointer for them. Like, yeah, that's huge. Yeah. yeah. Um, but based on current form, they could get points at Tottenham. They could yes. scrape at least a point from City, and on current form, flip of a coin if if who will win by three 0 against Wolves, like it could kind of go either way. Um, like I think it's it's really positive way to end the year, and the other thing that could bring another fresh bit of positivity for them, especially at this time, is they could have new ownership by January. Well, this is the thing. Like, I mean, it, you know, you could look at this objectively as an Everton fan and go, you know, it's a really terrible time at the club. You know, you're just off relegation. But at the same time, like you said, they're in the quarterfinals of the EFL. If they get a good result in that, they're into the semis, which is a huge boost for the fans. They got new owners in January. For all we know, that that ten points could go down to like five points or six points on appeal. So. I, I wouldn't be as panic stations as I thought I would have been if I was an Everton fan when that November date happened and, and the 10 points came in. Because, mm. again, I don't, abide, I don't abide too much into the hype, but it really seems like... It's like with Angeball. Like it, you could see it just really clicked. Or even with Villa, like you, you look at the way they are this season compared to last season. It's just we, we talked about this last week in terms of coaches needing to have... Um, a framework and a format and it seems like that is finally coming together at Everton well see that's the beauty of why and why I'm kind of buying into this hype same with Angeball it's a hype you can buy into because Angeball is high risk high reward so it's going to be amazing and entertaining and 
when it goes re- well, it'll go really, really well. When it goes wrong, it'll go really wrong. It's fine. But what we're we're seeing now with Everton is a pure dice system. Um, in the sense of what he has done at Burnley, which is all we can really say because that's the only proper time we've got to see him. Um, because like if you consider the last couple of games, like Chelsea play very good football under Pochettino. They're passing the ball. They're very technical. And they thoroughly bet them. Like, I, I know Chelsea have their issues and all, but you're not, you're not going to consider uh, Dwight McNeil and uh, Sterling to be on the same level. And yet, God no, one of them scored and the other one didn't. Um, so, like, the fact that they're winning these games against different systems and, like, they're actually adjusting to it. Like, this is the first time they've won three games on the bounce since Carlo and July. Like... Which is mad. And the, sorry, the fact that they ever had Carlo Ancelotti is also in, <laughs> in just absolute madness. But that aside, that's a very interesting start. Up, up until Dyche, the previous three managers of Everton have managed Chelsea. Ancelotti, Rafa Benitez, Frank Lampard. That's funny. That's very <laughs> funny. When you look at well, like, when you look at Chelsea, though, like the like, it's the same thing that they'll face against Spurs. Like you, you know, Newcastle. Yeah, we got absolutely battered by Spurs, but Spurs didn't play incredible football. You know, like it's it's not like they're playing some Man City Pep football. They're beatable, and they're also in their own way struggling for form of, of like you know that was what was it that was their fourth game that was going to be their fourth game losing at home if they hadn't beaten us. Hmm. Like, in a row? Yeah. Like, one thing I'm very, very excited to see with this team now is, like, can they beat teams that are in form? So, Newcastle had been doing very good, but they're having their little kind of mid-season wane, which I think Champions League is weighing heavily on you guys. Yeah, hugely. And, like, I mean, it's 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 a squad issue as well. Yeah. Yeah, and with Tottenham, I think they're in that kind of ground of people are starting to figure out the system, so they're just having to make their first readjustment, which is fine. Chelsea aren't doing good, but they're not doing terrible. So, I mean, if you, I mean, if you believe the media, it's panic stations for Chelsea, but I, I don't agree, and I don't think you do either. Uh with Bowley, I just don't know. He's such an unknown entity. Like, he was so vocal initially, and now he seems to have taken a step back from doing that, so nobody can kind of get a gauge of him. So, like, you have to judge him by his actions, and his actions is he fires managers quickly. Uh, mm. Or without real just cause. So, could he get a little bit scared? Um, like, I know some Chelsea fans are worried about it and they would be devastated to lose Potch because as we said last week they're not going to get any better there is no better manager out there no. Um, no. they just need to wait for it to click Um, but like where I think Everton should take real real heart is there are teams worse than them but the teams that are better than them can be bet on their day, and Chelsea is, Chelsea has proven that. Yeah, and 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 I do think you know even with City's dominance of last season and they're playing good football. I know ha- Haaland's got some sort of a knock at the moment. It doesn't seem too long term, but 
uh, and I don't, I don't want to sound like Gary Neville now saying the Premier League is the best league in the world, but it is really, this year, it does feel like anyone, I won't say can beat anyone, but anyone can get a result against anyone. Yeah, well, I think that's always kind of been the beauty of the Premier League, is like, even look, like, sure, look at Sunderland. Sunderland, when we were perennial relegation candidates, in them same years, so say, uh, I actually have it up on my board here, uh, 14th of the 11th, 2010, Sunderland bet Chelsea 3-0 at Stamford Bridge, ending, uh, I think, I'm not sure if it was that game, but we ended Jose Mourinho's... Uh, oh, the home reign of like 10 years or whatever. Yeah. Where from his first spell at Chelsea until he returned to Chelsea. Sunderland. So like, there's always been this kind of, in a, in a way that I don't think La Liga has, in a way that Bundesliga, it feels a lot more fluky. Then when it happens in the Premier League, yeah. the Premier League, it's that kind of clash of the styles. And if you get the tactics wrong on that day, well, then you were just outmatched on the day. Whereas I think with Bundesliga, it's kind of nearly like, oh, well, Neuer was sick. So <laughs> yeah, or, or Kane had an off day or whatever. Yeah. 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 There's it's almost like an ex- excuse to it. And I remember Mourinho went something and it did end them. He went ape at his players. And it wasn't because they lost. It was because they were beaten. Deservedly so. Well, that's the thing. And it's, it. you know, one thing I like about the likes of a Mourinho or a Diego Simeone or I suppose any manager of that ilk that's more passionate than most managers, when they lose, if they're beaten by good football, at least publicly they don't shame the team. But I think in games like that where I think Mourinho... Would have been annoyed regardless of who ended that, but the fact that he would deem Sunderland not on his level, I think that's mm-hmm. what do I kind of bled into that reaction more so than anything. Oh yeah, yeah. But back to Everton, who are our current Phoenix and Bournemouth in the same token, considering we were kind of putting Iriola up for potential uh, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like I think he's I don't think he's out of the woods, but I think he's currently proving us wrong. Um, but look at Everton now. Uh, they're, what, 17th? So they're not out of the woods. Do you By any stretch, they- but it's looking good, though. Yeah. Do you think they can stay up? I think they can. I really... Now, look, I think, like every other team, they need injuries to go their way. They need a couple of big days out at the the kind of bigger teams. Not that Everton aren't. I personally love Everton as a football team. I, I, I always have. But I think they, they, they need to go in there with the belief that they can beat anyone at any stadium at any time. That's the only way they'll stay up. Like, they're currently four points clear of Luton in 18th, which is good. Because I think between Luton, Burnley and Sheffield, they will pick up points. But I think it'll be slow. Um, no, yeah. no, I like I, I've I'm a Sunderland fan, so I've seen us go from being bottom on Christmas Day to surviving. So I know that teams can get this little boost, and it can save them. Um, so that's the kind of defense for Burnley or Luton. Um, really, I don't think Sheffield. I mean, you, I mean, you look at the, you look at that, you look at that bottom four of Luton, Burnley, Palace, Sheffield United. I mean, uh, I'd be absolutely amazed if Luton stay up. 
Sheffield United, I think, are a goner. I think Palace, it's between kind of Palace and Forest. You know what I mean? As as to who that is, I don't see it. Like, even the bottom from 16th down to 20th, I just don't see Everton being worse than those teams, you know? Yeah, and I think that's that's going to be a major thing for them is the fact that there is much worse teams than them. Um, but I'm just looking here um, from the Sun in the UK. So the, uh, a supercomputer from... Um, betting expert or bets uh, yeah betting expert uh supercomputer called betsy simulated this current season a hundred thousand times apparently and what they believe is the most likely table will have everton in 14th on 43 points so exactly where they are right now okay interesting um and yeah and then burnley luton and sheffield to go down um but they're predicting arsenal to win um, by one point, which I don't know. Interesting. And Aston Villa to get fourth. Well, to be honest with you, like I don't think Newcastle are getting top four this year. Injury problems and just other issues on the go. But well, yes, if we're not to get anybody, is want so uh, yeah, TBC <laughs> on that one. Yeah, like that said, if we if if we don't get top four, I would be delighted to see Villa get top four. I don't know about you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Just something different. Like, we haven't seen it since the O'Neill days. And I'd also love Arsenal winning the league. I would take that. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, something different. Break the monotony of City just dominating it all. But with Everton, if they were to finish 14th, Mm -hmm. is it time to consider Dyche to be one of the best Premier League managers? I mean... You're not putting them up with Fergie or Pep or Guardiola. I don't mean ever. I mean currently in the league. Oh, sorry. Yeah. And I realized I just said Pep and Guardiola there. He's that good. I'm thinking he's two managers. Um, Yeah, in the Premier League, yeah. No, I I, I think so. I think Deserby has a lot more pizzazz and smoke around him at the moment, Mm. obviously because of where they are and, and how at Newcastle. But yeah, I mean... It'd be hard to go against him. It's just the only thing I don't want Dice turning into, and look, there's worse things to turn into than what I'm about to say, but kind of a big Sam, I'll keep you up manager, because he's better than that, you know? I, I don't think he will. I think he could eventually, but I could see him quickly becoming a Moise at West Ham. Yeah. That kind of going, do you know what? You're not going to win the league with us, but you could make a very average squad slightly Good. better. Yeah, um, yeah. Just by pure will of baldness. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Like from everything that we've seen from previous players talking about him, he seems to just have this real relationship with the players and a, on a human level is just a good bloke. And like we saw from when he was out of a job doing the podcasts and all that kind of stuff. Mm, He was just, a dude, I I was just I really enjoyed listening to him, and I think play, players in a position like Everton are going to buy into that. I don't think a United would, I don't think a Chelsea would, I don't think a Newcastle would because Newcastle are now getting flair players, and I think Dyche is one of these lads that, yeah, he'll like he'll sign a Maxwell Cornet or he'll have these kind of players that are slightly sexier. But give him nuts and bolts, and he will make a team greater than the sum of its own parts. 
Absolutely. And like, you know, he's, I think one of the last of the old school managers out there, I was listening to, I think it was Peter Crouch podcast recently. He was talking about, um, Sean Dyche and basically what Dyche does in his training routine is, you know, they all wear the GPS vests, the bras, whatever you want to call them. And, you know, it's all sports science focus now, but one day a week that goes out the window and Dyche gets his own day where he's like, no, we just run and we, you know, we do it my way. And the sports science goes out the window and the load management goes out the window. And I kind of love that about them. And I think that kind of old school manager feeds into their kind of current success because looking at their, the breakdown of their home and away wins, 57% of their wins this season, this season have been away. So it goes back to that. We're under siege lads. We, we go here and we can beat anyone. Let's just give it a lash. And that if they just keep that attitude and bring that home record up a tad, I really don't see them having too many problems. Oh, 100% agree. The only thing I will kind of pull you up on, which I find amusing more so than disagreeing with you, is that the difference between an old school manager now and a modern manager is how much you publicly buy in to the, the hype around sports science and that kind of stuff. Because everybody's yeah. using it. Like Big Sam is considered to be a dinosaur now, despite the fact he was one he of He was the, the godfather of it, yeah. Exactly. Like he was so stats driven at a time when nobody else was, but now he's considered a dinosaur because he doesn't live and die by it. So yeah. like, I think that's the difference. I think that's one of the things that's so underrated about Dyche in the Premier League and it will carry him and keep him in jobs in the Premier League because I think now it's undeniable that like after Bernie, there was that question mark over him kind of going, is he actually yeah. really Premier League quality? Yeah, It's undeniable now as far as I'm concerned. Like to do what he's done, even if everything were to falter and to go down now, the rise that they have had under his tenureship at this crucial and difficult period proves he can make a good job anywhere. And whilst it's not the style of football that many of us would actively look for, it's a solid works. And I think if we were to lose that in the Premier League, the league would become a little bit more boring. 100%. I think, look, he's it's he's a unique manager in the way that, like, you're never going to see him managing in Spain or France. Like, he's a very British manager, mm. and I think he'll he'll forever have a job somewhere between the Championship and the, the Premier League for, for as long as he wants. But I think you're right, and I think it goes back to your point that he is a guy that can just take average players and make them better. Somewhat of, like, a Harry Redknapp situation, or even, you know, going back, like, he may not have had the best teams in the world, but Ian Holloway did it. Big mm. Sam did it. You know, there's so many managers like that. And they're like, I mean, it's, it sounds stupid being like, oh, let's hire a manager that can just make them a slightly better. But like, there's a lot of teams out there that like just need a little bit more of a push to there's teams that are out there that are 12th every year is success, you know? Oh, 100%. And he's the perfect guy for that. But, like, what's underrated about making the little bit better, and it's it's not even about making the individual players a little bit better, it's about making the team better. That is, and Robbie or Nathan will probably correct me um, if, if I am wrong, but that was the real special thing about Ferguson, was, like, he could put Anderson in midfield with Raphael as a right winger and Carrick in centre-back and make that a strong team. Whereas when you saw it with Wenger, he didn't quite have that same uh, ability to do that when he had like Coquelin in mid midfield and uh, uh, Bentner up front and uh, an injury prone Diaby in midfield. Like he couldn't quite get them to the next level. Ferguson knew his soldiers though. That was the thing. Ferguson could win a, 
a Premier League with bloody uh, Jisung Park playing left back. And that and Deitch can do the same. Oh, but like Jisung Park, it's guys like him though. Yeah, it's guys like him, John O'Shea, Johnny Evans. They're they're your guys. Like every team needs them, and I think it goes again back to the the framework or the the, the kind of philosophy of of a manager. Like Fergie worked because everyone bought in because you weren't allowed not buy in. If you hadn't bought in, you were gone. And I think Dyche rolls the same way. Oh, absolutely. Uh, less so in the kind of pushed on sense, but that kind of like prove everybody else wrong. Um, and will they prove every, every, like the doubters wrong? I think so. And I think we'd all like to see it happen because I think they're one of the last teams to not be relegated from the Premier League. So I think it's one that me and you're going to keep a close eye on. Um, it's sure to be an entertaining one. They're kind of, kind of a little bit of a uh, uh, a close to home team for me now because it kind of really reminds me of Sunderland back in the day. So I'm kind of I'm rooting for you, Everton. Come on, Dash. Um, but that that's us uh, for this episode. Um, this has been the Not Upon a Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on social, and we'll be back on the next episode. I'm not into podcasts. <laughs> of the net.